0: Welcome to Abundance, you guessed it, a podcast dedicated to all things surrounding dance. I am Kristen. And I am Hannah, and we are two best friends
1: who are brought together by this art form. Please join us in five, six, seven, eight. Hello, it is my pleasure to welcome and introduce Jane Whedon. Jane and I crossed paths at Alden Moves Dance Theater, and I'm so glad we did because she is a wonderful person with a substantial amount of knowledge. Jane is a licensed physical therapist in Brooklyn, New York, and has her own private practice and works with many people of all ages and abilities. Jane has a love for dance that developed at a very young age. As she followed her passion, she then received her BFA and MFA from Ohio University in dance. After teaching dancing and choreographing in the New York City area, she decided to go back to school to get another bachelor's and master's degree in science slash physical therapy at CUNY College of Staten Island. She was curious about the cause of physical disability, which is one of her main reasons for going back to school. Her meditation practices and yoga has provided her with additional understanding of how the body, mind, and spirit functions to help generate healing. I couldn't be more thrilled to have Jane on today, and we're so grateful that she's here with us. Today, we want to dive into your thoughts around how dance can positively influence child development. So
2: how dance affects child development. Is that correct? Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So can you just begin by describing how dance is beneficial to the development of gross motor skills, why this is important? that children, you know, have dance in their lives for the, the positive impacts that it provides?
2: Oh, well, you know, I started dancing when I was four. So <laughs> I know from personal experience that I just just love moving, you know, moving is really fun. So uh, there's, there's two aspects. I feel like there's a personal and just fun and creative aspect. And then there's the physical developmental kind of aspects that are helpful. Um, I think anytime we're doing any kind of movement that's fun and joyful, uh, we learn how to connect to ourselves and to others around us. And um, that's good for our mental health and our emotional health and our wellness. But there's also a lot of science now um, about how that affects our nervous system, uh, helps, helps people feel uh, calm and empowered as opposed to being in a fear mode. And I think there's so much stress with kids, especially with um, social media. They hear so much, they see so much, I think compared to like when I was young. Um, So I think they're they're, they're getting a lot of um, stress that way that maybe um, our older generations didn't. So anytime we're moving our bodies and we're feeling joyful and good, we're gonna be in just a better wellness state overall. Um, but in terms of, of things that I look for, like I've been doing pediatrics for a long time, um, pediatric um, physical therapy, and it's more holistic. That's one reason I like doing that kind of work, but the kind of things we're looking at for kids are that can help them with dance, can help them is balance, coordination, um, body awareness, spatial awareness. Of course, you're gonna get strength, flexibility, All those kind of things, and I like the environment because it's coming out of creativity. It's not coming out of a competitive nature. I guess it could be competitive, (laughs) depending on the kind of studio you're going to. If it gets later on in life, it can get competitive in that way. Um, But I think, I think honestly, I think instead of gym class, everybody should be doing dance and creative. I just just think we'd be all much happier, better people for it.
0: Do you have any specific examples of perhaps a child that you worked with and a specific benefit that you saw other than just what you already spoke of?
2: Well, so the kids I work with in in general have just global developmental delays, neurodivergent. They could be on the autism spectrum. They usually have weakness, um, maybe some neurological issues. Some kids have cerebral palsy or Down syndrome. so there's a lot of motor coordination issues. So I don't do dance necessarily with them, but I take a lot of elements of dance. I use a lot of my dance background to work with the kids because I'm uh, when I'm working with the kids, what are, you know, okay, they can't they can't do stairs so much or they're bumping into things all the time in the classroom or that. So I'm working at a lot of coordination activities with them, um, balance activities, strength activities. So I like to bring in all the dance stuff that's creative. So I'm not working on specific dance moves like plies and tendus, but I'm working on a lot of those creative elements with them. Um, and I think it's been really successful, you know, and I don't run out of ideas either. I think that's the beauty of, of dance, having that dance education is you, um, can generate creative ideas, pull from a lot of areas. You could just go with the flow or see what they need or work on. Um, so yeah, it's good. And what I really use my dance career a lot is evaluation with the kids because evaluation for kids and adults, adults, but especially with kids is a lot of observation. So you're looking at movement patterns. You're looking for specific um uh, conditions and how they're moving. Maybe, like for example, they might be able to do the stairs in their house, but as soon as they get to the school, they can't do the stairs. So, um, but I'm observing a lot of that how what are their movement patterns. So, um, yeah,
1: yeah, Jane, I love that response. I also just find it so interesting how you have such a strong dance background, and also you now have this incredibly profound background in physical therapy and science as well, and how you're kind of bringing both worlds together. And in your bio too, I was reading a little bit about it, but you just said it so nicely, or I would say more in your philosophy, but uh, the body, mind, spirit is not just a logo for Jane. It has been a life pursuit that continues to grow. I really resonate with that. And I just really applaud all the work that you're doing. (laughs) I know when we were chatting um, at the studio, when you've come in to do workshops, you just are such a wealth of information. And it's so good as a teacher to just hear how you interact and work with students and just people in general. And so, so yeah, going off of that, can we also talk a little bit how dancing can impact the mind, body, and spirit. What do you mean by this? How does it influence your work?
2: Oh, my work in particular?
1: Um, yeah. Just in
2: yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't just work with kids. I work with adults. Yes, of adults. course. So um, I, I think kind of what I just said about being really creative, I think really being um, connected to yourself in a physical way, it's different from sports. It's mm-hmm. very different than sports, you know? Yes, you have to have a lot of the physicality of, of as a- an athlete, but um, it's always cre- creative. It's always creative. And it's always about connection with others because most of us aren't doing solos all the time. We're, we're dancing with others, <laughs> right? So for me, when I was little, I mean, that's how I really connected to my spirit and who I was and how I expressed myself. You know, I just felt really connected to my body and my soul and my creativity and who it was, who I was. It wasn't even something I was doing. It was just all part of me. So, um, it's, you know, and I think I, I grew up thinking that's how everybody was. <laughs> I kind of didn't get it that people weren't like that also. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but as I got older, I saw that, but I think everyone has access to that. I think that's the thing. I think, I just don't think we're given the opportunities. And then I think with dance classes, you get to, it's great when you're young because a lot of it's just like creativity and fun, but then at a certain part point it becomes about technique and how high you can lift your leg, depending on what studios you're kind of going to and what kind of classes you're going to. Um, but I think everyone can benefit from dance because, and, and there's just the musicality and the coordination. So, and, and concentration, you know, so if you're talking about mind too, if you're just the mind part, you have to be very concentrated, centered. I did a lot of um, improvisation professionally. We had a company and I like to now think about that as spontaneous choreography, because that's really what it was. Um, But, you know, you had to be concentrated and you had to be in that moment. So that's really mindfulness. That is mindfulness. You were in that moment and there's nothing else going on um so yeah that's your question <laughs> there's a lot about that yeah
1: oh no for sure I just yeah I was just curious to hear your thoughts on on that
2: yeah. and I think I think too like in my practice now I work with you know I work with adults a lot is that anyone everyone can benefit from that you don't have to do like if you're rehabbing, even after a knee replacement or something like that, right? Yes, there are specific exercises that you should, should do to really help that in physical therapy, but it, but it doesn't have to just be a boring squat or something, (laughs) you know, music could be played. Um, you know, especially if you're working on a lot of balance things. Like I used, I worked with this, um, 89 year old woman and we put music on and you know we were doing sidesteps and stuff because she couldn't balance by herself like kind of doing fast sidesteps and um we just had fun with it it was joyful and then it wasn't a lot of work for her and she was doing it so um and you don't have to be necessarily a dancer to teach that you could just bring in those elements of fun and moving
0: yeah I love that we always talk about how like dance is a universal language. And I think that, you know, typically we're referring more to like, well, sometimes like the language or the the shared technique and everything. But I think, you know, it also just applies to uh, just how we all inherently love to move and how everyone, you know, can connect through music and uh, just through our bodies. And so I love how you're you're able to incorporate that into your work. That's so cool.
2: And even for people that don't like when I before I was a physical therapist, I used to work with a lot of special needs populations and be in the nursing home. And <laughs> remember this one woman, um, and, uh, she loved I would just go in there and try to, to get them to move. You know, I was doing just creative movement. I wasn't a physical therapist at that time. And she would get in her walker and she, I would put the music on and she was Hispanic and it would be a little bit something that she knew old, old kind of Hispanic music. And she would get up in her walker and she was like going to town. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, um, and it was good exercise for her too. It was good exercise, connecting, having fun. Um, yeah. Absolutely. We're all in our bodies all the
0: time. You mm-hmm.
2: know, people that are in wheelchairs are still in their bodies.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Jane, with your background in dance you have and all the knowledge you've attained over the years, how can dance teachers, in your opinion, best engage with their students of different age groups? So with you know the different stages of development, do you have any suggestions for this? One, One I would think is that the teacher themselves has to be clear
2: about why they love dancing. I think when they love dancing and the students just gonna pick up on that, that's one. So that's a, that's cross-generational. I don't think it has to do with the generation. But the other thing I think, like looking at your the specific age, if you think about age group or if it's a special needs population, like what is that group? What is their, what do you think that group's goal is? I mean, if you're working with a bunch of three-year-olds it's just kind of they're being together, they're moving their bodies, they're having fun. If you're working with adult ballet class, I've gone back to adult ballet class. And, you know, I wanted to just get stronger because I couldn't do some of the things I used to do. Um, it brings back a lot of joyful memories for me from dancing. Um, I, I want to be in a community. Um, I, I know my leg's not going to go up as high as it used to be. I know I'm not going to be jumping as much as I used to be. Um, so for a teacher looking at that kind of why that student is there. Why? and that's the best way I think in more about that or more specifics. I could, I could ask, yeah, answer you have like a specific age group or.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was also. Thinking just about like, even the students that begin to mature and level in more challenging or technical ways, like how does this type of setting influence their development as well? Like, I mean, that's kind of a separate question, but yeah, kind of a broad question, but just like going, if now we're looking at a um, more advanced class, like what, what would you recommend a teacher doing to help facilitate? Well, I think it it depends what
2: kind of class, like, you know,
1: yeah, if you're talking about
2: kids and, and, and girls going on point, you know, for the first time, like you want to make sure they have a lot of uh, all the strength that they need and developmental strength. Um, And actually I know a former colleague of mine who's dancers uh, out in San Francisco has a whole program called point safe and helps teachers dance teachers know when they're, when their ballet students are really ready and strong enough. So mm-hmm. there's that. I mean, also you're getting a lot of hormones and things going on and joint laxity. I think joint laxity can happen when all those hormones kick in or all of a sudden a big weight gain or a growth spurt. Um, you know, those things that, you know, I've seen it with younger kids too. They'll have a growth spurt and all of a sudden something they used to be able to do, they can't do anymore. Or have difficulty doing um but usually what i find is they catch up (laughs) their body's got to readjust and they kind of so um yeah i mean in for physical development i think dance is really good if they have a really good teacher that's teaching them really good technique to be safe through it um yeah it's you know dance is a hard thing because you have to have a lot of flexibility but you have to have the strength to support it
1: right and if you don't that leads to the injury
2: right and the whole the whole thing of turnout is is a whole nother world you know we don't usually use our legs that way and our body that way and um yeah. so i think you know all that that good dance training that builds upon it gets the student ready is really important to prevent injuries that are happening um yeah and working with the student and and even if you have a they're on the same level, there's still individuals within that right. Um, I think you know in some ways I think it's easier when you're going that at that point than they're like really like at the ABT you know uh, you know young professionals, whatever their school their school is because they're all kind of really at a certain they've sorry screened them that they have that technique and that ability. But like your local studios, you kind of get a lot of variety, or you get a student that comes in, and you have no idea really what their background and their training's been. Um, A lot of times, obviously, you're assessing it when you see it, but but still, they, you know, you know, we motor plan those things in hard. They get hardwired, kind of how we learn to do them right from the beginning. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point you bring up about how you know some of those schools definitely do like screening beforehand and definitely cater towards a certain kind of dancer, in which case then, you know, from a teaching's perspective, there doesn't necessarily need to be like as much um like diversity in the approach to the teaching, whereas um, at smaller studios or studios in you know, more maybe suburban areas with not as big of like a big name school like that, you know, they might need a lot more differing approaches in in terms of what the students receive and who is teaching them and all of that yeah that's that's a really good point
2: yeah it's hard
0: <laughs> and jane what are some of the long lasting skills that you see people take away from movement and from dance in general so right not even if they're pursuing it for a long period of time or in terms of a professional career but just what do you see people take away from these experiences?
2: Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. So I grew up in a studio. We had a lot of variety of of dancers, you know, I went on to dance professionally, but I never had like the ideal, like perfect thin, small petite body. Um, but I ended up going to college and dancing professionally. Um, my dance teacher's own daughter, was a principal dancer with the Martha Graham school, went to Juilliard, you know, there was another Juilliard student that came out of there. There are people that just went there did for high school, you know, maybe went to high school and, you know, they went and lived their lives and just enjoyed it. So, I mean, I think about all those type of people and I think about like my college um, colleagues um, and, you know, The main thing about dance is that when you really dedicate yourself to something in that way, and it's, it's, it's full on, you (laughs) You go to class, there's no talking, you're full in that, that whatever hour and a half class, um, you're learning that focus and you're dedicated to it and you're dedicated to really concentrating on your body. You have a lot of body knowledge and a lot of body awareness that I think really translates into your everyday life whether you want to take up another sport whether you just like being physical and for your your health um just people have better posture that really plays over i think it really into longevity when when you've done something like that when you're younger and you really like it enough to go to class for a long time um, you are always going to pursue exercise and activity, physical activity in some way. And I am, as I'm working with a lot of older do- adults now, um, part of it is like, like if it, they just kept moving, they wouldn't need me. They wouldn't need me as a physical therapist. Like, and I think what dance does, it really instills people a love of moving and moving their body. And also um, moving their body in a lot of different ways. We're really using our joints in all different ways. All different Planes of movement, we're using them fully. So as opposed to if you just if you just um, jogged, right? You're just jogging. You're not going to use a lot of your head and neck, your upper back muscles in in different way in different ways. You're only using those muscles in the jogging, right? So you lot use a lose a lot of mobility. But dancers don't. <laughs> they have that mobility. <laughs> they recover faster from injuries. You know they have a knee replacement down the road they're going to be up and walking and doing really well and they also know what it means to work to work towards something but I just think you know it, you know we know that exercise in general is really one of the main components for longevity uh, and health and wellness so dance is instilling that but again in a non-competitive way opens you up to do a lot of other different types of sports because you've moved your body in a different way um coordination and balance huge huge number one cause of elderly people getting surgeries and stuff is because they fell they lost their balance they stopped doing it you know so, and just creativity and artistry and
1: yeah I'm, I'm sorry jane go for it <laughs>
2: I just say most dancers are really curious about the world around them. They're curious about um, um, artistry and what's happening in history. uh, You know, all aspects of life. They are pretty wide open to what's going on in the world.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think you brought up a lot of good points and Kristen and I just sort of getting out of, well, Kristen just more recently came out of college. She did. um, So we both did our undergrad together. We finished in 2020. So all that is to say, though, I just remember coming out of school. And one of the last questions that I think we had to write down for our professors was like, um, what did you learn from getting a dance degree? How could this translate into all aspects of your life? And I think you nailed it on the head, Jane, like, no matter if you're A professional dancer or if you were just if you danced for a period of time in your life you would get those skills that just kind of stay with you the discipline the balance the coordination all of that and no matter what it will just kind of set you up for doing well in life because you've attained that in that environment.
2: Yeah. working, working with people
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> when you're it's a dancer, one.
2: you know, you have to work with people all the time, you know, but it, it's not only you're your fellow dancer, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, the lighting person, it's composers, it's photographers, it's, you know, you're working with a lot of people, you know, and I think about, uh, I went to a college that was heavily into, um, making you an artist. You know, we had all different types of body types, all different kind of levels of of dancerly proficient. We had really good technique and everything, but um, we weren't kind of auditioned to have like a, like to look a certain way or, you know, have a certain technical style. And um, a lot of us dance, I mean, there's people that I know that just teach like they teach in the public education system and they are really excited and happy about that. Um, There's people, my one good friend. She owns her own Pilates studio and, and really into the Pilates thing. And and as a great teacher, Uh, another good friends a New York times, bestseller author, Uh, you know, and people have gone all different directions, but it's, it's, we all talk about this. It's like, um, we really found ourselves and who we are and as artists, and we were allowed to let that nurture and grow. And um, it, it, you build the confidence like that, that you can go out and then kind of do what you want to do. And also how to follow your own intuition, your own heart, not kind of be stuck into a job that you don't really, it's not really fulfilling you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those are such great points. And I think like even just a few years out of our undergrad that we can see that kind of happening a little bit within our own core cohort as well as how, you know, people have kind of been taking slightly different paths, but how maybe it does in some interconnected way, like bring us back to the core of what we've, we've done for so many years and what we spent our time doing. Right. Yeah. and really dedicating to those four years in our program. Yeah. It's really cool.
2: Yeah. Getting really clear about oneself, about who you are and what you like, What's important to you? How you want to be in the world? You know, mm-hmm. how do you want to interact with people and your jobs, and what do you want to do with your life? I think dancers come to it sooner than a lot of people. You know, like we have our midlife crisis. <laughs> Why we're dancing? We don't, you know. I guess we can get midlife crisis, but you know, we we don't have to really worry about finding ourselves at the age of forty, right? We've already kind of really that because you don't go into dance mm. if you want to go into like like level college level without really wanting to do it and feel that it's a huge part of yourself
1: definitely even Um, if you're not
2: going to do it forever well we all know that we're not going to do it forever for sure those elements in a capacity somewhat but we're not really going to be a professional dancer at 60 with a major company i mean there are dancers at 60 and beautiful dancers and (laughs) nothing (laughs) But, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, and, and we all know that we're not going to actually, uh, it's going to be hard to make a living off of dancing. For sure. We're committed.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And Jane, we're also just curious about your mindfulness class for children, kind of circling back on some of the services that you offer. Can you just describe this class a little bit? And then. I know you mentioned earlier about how you incorporate some of the, the dance training that you have developed over time. Maybe it's not necessarily dance that you're teaching these kids, but how do you teach or guide these students when you're teaching the mindfulness class for them?
2: Yeah, well, right now I don't have a class going, <laughs> a physical class. You know, COVID kind of blew that out of the water and then just logistics of space and everything. But um, actually what I really wanna do with the course is to make it a course for um, people like you, exactly, that are working with kids and um, want to do mindfulness class because I really wanna teach teachers and and people that are working with the answers. So, I mean, excuse me, working with kids yeah. So I work, when I work with a lot of kids, a lot of times they have sensory processing issues. So they are, uh, it means any of their senses are having a hard time taking in and, and regulating the senses. So, um, you know, like when you're in a crowd and you could, you, you're talking, you have a conversation with somebody and, but you, you know, there's other conversations going around, but you, you can kind of just drown them out and you could just you could just focus on the person you're talking. Well, these kids have a hard time with that. Like everything sounds the same. You know, they may hear or they may hear a car or dog barking outside, and it, it draws their attention as much as like the teacher talking to them or something. So that's a sound auditory. Some are really visually have visual issues, um, like that. They can't sort out a lot of visual, they have a hard time focusing, or they um uh they have like um tactile issues that could be really defensive where they don't like certain touches or they may really seek out touching a lot. These are the kids that kind of crash into you or always leaning on you or bumping into things. So so this is a nervous system issue, a a dysregulation of the sensory systems that can cause kids to have problems um, focusing in school or just focusing in general. Um, It has nothing to do with intellect it just has to do with how the body's processing all that information. Um, so so I worked with a lot of kids like that. And then I've been studying mindfulness for a long time. My husband's a Dharma teacher at the Zen Center and, um, and, and just dances mi- mindful, I think is just moving. And I wanted to have something that really helped these kids and put it together. So, and there's a lot of research on mindfulness techniques that helps kids um, be able to focus helps kid with ADHD. A lot of these kids have ADHD or ADD also. Um, And, um, and I just want to have, it's just generally good for kids in general too. It doesn't have to be specifically these things, but I really incorporate the sensory integration stuff in my mindfulness class. And it's really beneficial for those kids that need it. But it's beneficial for us all because if we tune into our senses, it's a, um, a big uh, big way to become more mindful and grounded. And just and mindful is just being present in the moment without our mind wandering all over the place. So usually I'll start with um, some activities for them. Like we'll do like an actual kind of little bit of a meditation where they close their eyes. Or <laughs> And, but then I incorporate like one sense. So sometimes when I'm working on just like hearing, we'll have I'll have them listen to the ringing gong, you know, and they'll listen to the gong. We'll practice that. And we're not sitting there meditating for a minute, you know, 20 minutes. This is like, you got to kind of get them warmed up five minutes. And then I'll do like something like craft project or something like we made little wind chimes so they could take it home and incorporate it at home. Um, so each week I would focus on, on different things that approach that. And you know what? The kids really like it. It's the settling down into it. Once they're
0: settled down into it, it
2: did really great. They really liked it.
0: Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. I don't recall anything really being offered like that when I was younger. I feel like that might be a more up and coming thing. That's so cool that you're involved in that work.
2: Yeah. And I really, I'm trying to figure out how to, um, Kind of really make it a program for teachers, you know, dance teachers. Why the why programs, after school programs? I really want to teach the teachers. I think that way um, everyone can incorporate these skills. Um, it's really good. I, and I was going to do that with a, uh, one of the principals in the local schools, and then COVID hit, and kind of mm-hmm. things got backtracked, and and with that, and then and so I just got to find a way to do it. So. um, maybe it's an online program for teachers. Absolutely.
0: And I'm sure that you will. Yeah. Yeah. And Jane, do you encourage your clients to take dance classes to help supplement the work that you're already doing with them or?
2: Um, yeah, especially the kids, especially the kids, because the, um, parents are like, they're getting to a place where they're going to not need physical therapy so much, but they still need like activity. So, I mean, I always encourage an activity that someone likes, like that's number one, like if they really like soccer and then have to do soccer, <laughs> but I do encourage dance a lot because, um, again, you're just learning, you're moving your body. It's fun. It's music, you know, it's kind of the, ac- the physical activities masked in fun, you know, at first when they're little, Um, but all the coordination strength, you know, and coordination has to do a lot with like decelerating movement. Like if you're jumping, can you land without collapsing on the floor? You know, you're decelerating your body weight against gravity. Can you run and stop without falling or blowing out your knees? You know, you know, those kids that run and they just like to slide. (laughs) You've ever seen that, you know, they have trouble decelerating, have the muscle strength. So um, dance does that a lot in all the movements we do, a lot of movements, a lot of control. Um, you have to be able to um, have good body and spatial awareness because you know the dance teacher tells you to line up and you gotta not be right next to the other kid. Yeah, so um, so definitely for children, 100%. And I, I, would, I would recommend it for any, anybody, adults, because again, it's, it's exercise, it's fun. You know, it has to be fun um for adults and let's say you know i mean i'm adult and i like the hard work of dance <laughs> i like the hard work i want to do the hard work i i grew up doing it but i'm t- but if i'm thinking about somebody who's never danced before you know they want to have some fun doing it um, but again it's so much better than exercise just regular exercise regular exercise is boring
1: yeah it <laughs> think- definitely uh like challenges your mind too. You really yes. have to concentrate. <laughs> right, you have
2: to be present. It's a mindfulness activity. You have to be present, present, and um yeah, balance, balance. I just balance, 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 balance. <laughs> yeah. But balance and strength go hand in hand, and coordination, and it's like all that stuff goes hand in hand. If you have those things, then you're going to have a healthier body overall.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Because healthy body isn't about just doing, can I do 10 pushups? It's how you're moving in the world. Yeah. It's like, you know, how, you know, can I push my grocery cart? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're younger, yeah, you can push the grocery cart and have no problem reaching for the can. When you, you know, as you get older, you have a hard time with that. So, you know, dance is going to incorporate all that stuff, reaching your arm, balancing. Do you have to go up on your tiptoes to grab the can? You know, so.
1: Right. And even just like posture, I'm thinking like people who don't dance are more likely probably to be hunched over than people who have danced. They have that, you know, willingness to, okay, what is my spine doing right now as I'm sitting watching TV or looking at my phone? Yeah. And and the other thing I would say is being
2: able to do things equally on both sides. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I was, I actually was running. I'm taking up running lately. (laughs) <laughs> which is a new thing for me, but I was watching this woman jog and she like, you know, she was totally bent over to the side and she wasn't that old, you know, it wasn't like, but she, it, but this is something I could tell that she had been doing her whole life. Like she did yeah. it when she was young and it's just, that's how she's always ran and ran. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she's going to have some real problems down the road, you know, or I watch, I watch, it's funny. I watch people when they're running. I was like, Oh, look at that foot pattern. Oh, you know? <laughs> But the other thing is and having the body awareness. Like, um, so if you're taking a dance class, you're kind of aware of your feet. So if you're gonna run, you're kind of aware of where you're how your foot's landing on the pavement. And and then if you're not and you can then you can make adjustments. Like a lot of people can't even feel it and they can, and there's no way they can even make an adjustment. Even if like as a PT, I'm sometimes telling them, okay, but shift your weight a little bit to the right and they have no idea what that like they physically just don't understand it. And when you're in dance, mm-hmm. when you've done dance classes, you understand what that means. Uh, that's why I like working with dancers. Because I can say stuff like that. They understand it. They could work on things. So.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So yeah, that, and, and see when you're younger, people don't realize that how, because they're pretty even on both sides. But when we get older, those habits are, you know you don't always do something on one side it's 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 gonna you're gonna use your loose your usage of it that's when hip replacements come in
1: things like that you know this is this is such a very valid point <laughs> and Jane just to kind of wrap things up we want to know how does dance I mean I know you said you're taking classes now but how does dance play a role in your life now that you're not specifically focused on just dancing, choreographing, um, et cetera. So it's no longer your sole focus. Obviously you're still wanting to continue to dance. Can you speak a little bit about that?
2: Well, I would say that I've always, I've always taught dance, you know, because even when I was dancing, when I was dancing, I was teaching creative movement, things like that, just to, to (laughs) Make a living. I I liked it too. You know, I liked it. And then when I became a physical therapist, and one reason I went into pediatrics was because I like teaching movement. And that's a lot about pediatrics is teaching movement. It's not just doing exercises. Um, so I think I've always been involved in dance no matter what, in that way. Um, there was a period of time where I just didn't dance because I was I was I was so um just into taking care of everyone in terms of the therapy and I think also you know when you have danced and it's been your life and you and I was a choreographer too I really like I wanted this the artistry you know mainly the artistry um there was a real loss and a grieving for it in a lot of ways when I did wasn't doing it anymore um I I, I, did, I have done things here and there in terms of performances, uh, but my friend sent me this card once when I kind of was shifting. She goes, "No, you're always a, you're always an artist and always a dancer. It you don't have to be actually performing or moving your body even that that in that way. You're always how you look at the world, who you are, how you see things. You're always you never um,
1: stop dancing. No, you yeah. never stop dancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure.
2: So it's fun now to go back. And I, it, I think it took me this long in some ways to go back because now I'm having fun with it instead of feeling like the loss of it.
1: <laughs>
2: it was hard to move your body and then feel the loss like, oh, I can't do that. Now I'm like kind of regaining strength and I'm like, oh, can I do that? You know, and I can make dances up in my head, like <laughs> visualize I'll be listening to a piece of music or something and I'll have this whole thing. I don't know. I might perform again. It just never yeah. goes away because it's it's your viewpoint. It's your viewpoint about how you look at the world.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think a lot of the things you've been mentioning today, that's exactly what I was thinking is it's like a specific lens that dancers have on life and our bodies and yeah. other people's bodies and just, yeah, the way we all move through the world together. Yeah.
2: Yeah and there's a no, there's a and it's so like intangible like i don't have the words for it you know it's mm-hmm. like it, it, there's there's a knowing in the body a knowing in the body that's connected to spirit and and something other I, it sounds kind of like woo woo but it's it's true it's true um, and i think we you know here's the thing i think we all have the capacity to do it and that's why i think dance class and dancing is great for everybody um, and we should all, so I just wish our Western yeah. society had more exposure to it. You know, that's why I like other cultures that just dance is just part of, part of their life. That's what they do. You know, it's, it's great.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Well, Thank you so much for everything today, Jane. It was so wonderful to hear you speak about this all and thank you for taking the time.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I, love dance. I love dance. It's all great. <laughs> Absolutely, and and while we're wrapping up, Jane, can you talk just really quickly? What are the services that you offer? If anyone's in the New York City area, they should definitely check out Jane because, as I said, <laughs> she's great. And if you've listened to this entire episode, you now know that she has so much to offer. So, Jane, please tell us what you offer. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I have my own practice. I kind of I call it holistic
2: physical therapy because it's it's grounded in those physical therapy medical skills in terms of um, being able to help assess people but i really bring in a lot of alternative body work um uh and and energy healing reiki type of work into into my work And, and having really a lot of success with that so i just because it's not it's just not separate those things are just not separate so whoever comes to me I kind of talk with them and see what they're interested in more what resonates more with them i just where I just assess them, and we work on what's what they do. Um, so that's that's the main thing I'm doing right now. Um, trying to maybe get some stuff online <laughs> soon. I actually have a thing project online, I should say, that I did a lot of videos um, for pediatrics that I kind of really want to put on uh, online, so um, parents and people that work with kids can assess them, access them, and um, do it. But I haven't. I, I got to just figure out the way to do it. <laughs>
1: technically you'll figure it out (laughs) yeah yeah Um, Yeah. wonderful well thank you so much jane for being here today we really appreciate it oh great thank you thanks for tuning in to abundance we appreciate your support we hope to have pk'd your interest feel free to contact us at abundance podcast 5678 and gmail.com and give us feedback on what you'd like to hear that is abundance without parentheses go dance yourself silly bye for
0: now a special thank you to richard Difiore for our lovely podcast tune and matt mellish for our cover art